Before we get into Monday night's big caucus, we should probably start with the FBI getting absolutely bodied by Community Notes on Twitter on Martin Luther King Jr. Day because after posting an official tribute to their Twitter profile, they got fact-checked so hard that they were forced to issue a response. They never learn. They try to do this every year, and every year it fails. And this year there's an actual, the only good function on Twitter. That's right. Community notes. And, uh, and they're just like, this. hey, look, this was all J. Edgar Hoover's fault. Don't Stop. blame me. Uh, their post read as follows. This MLK Day, the FBI honors one of the most prominent leaders of the civil rights movement and reaffirms its commitment to Dr. King's legacy of fairness and equal justice for all. <laughs> and here, here's the community note complete with sources, which was displayed beneath their post honoring Dr. King. The FBI engaged in surveillance of King, attempted to discredit him, and used manipulation tactics to influence him to stop organizing. King's family believed the FBI was responsible for his death. And yeah, I mean, they literally wrote like a letter uh, telling him like, why don't you kill yourself? Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and they also successfully in civil court uh, sued the U.S. government. So mm -hmm. Yeah, after a few good hours of trolling from people online, sharing the post and commenting on it, the FBI put out a follow-up statement that read as follows. The FBI has long acknowledged the abuses of power that took place under Director J. Edgar Hoover and the deplorable actions taken against Dr. King and others involved in the civil rights movement. Today, the FBI honors Dr. King's life and legacy and uses those lessons from our past to reaffirm our commitment to equal justice, fairness, and diversity. I guess you could have just not, you could have just said nothing. Yeah. I mean, not drawing attention to yourself for committing those past. I'm honestly shocked they're still coming out and doing it because it's been like probably three or four years since uh, Jabuki, uh, mm. who back then, you know, it, you could, if you were verified, you could change your name and you could have some fun. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, on MLK Day, he, he changed his Twitter display name to the FBI and made a statement that read, I believe, just because we killed MLK doesn't mean we can't miss him. Yeah, they keep, uh, maybe just stay out of it. But this, this is them proving that they are committed to honoring him, no matter what their history would I prove. I mean, I would like to believe that they're telling the truth, but it's really, like, just keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> just because the FBI has a Twitter account doesn't mean it has to post. Yeah, you just uh, save it, please. Yeah. So the Iowa caucus was held on Monday night which it's essentially a preview of how voters are responding to their party's candidates and who is moving the needle. It's not a primary. No, it's way more annoying than that. Yeah, but it, <laughs> as the first real election year contest, it helps to whittle down the field and shows the remaining candidates what to focus on going forward in, in order to actually lock down the party's nomination. And we should also point out that the Iowa caucus is historically inaccurate when it comes to predicting the party's final nominee. Yeah, where... Who's who's got this idea that Iowa is some sort of bellwether state? It's fucking Iowa. Yeah, Come well, on. In the past three events, the winner of the Iowa caucus for the GOP did not go on to be the Republican nominee for the presidential election. In 2008, former Arkansas governor and current Christian televangelist Mike Huckabee won the caucus, but John McCain became the nominee. In 2012, Rick Santorum, who was so disliked by the nation that his last name became a textbook definition for the frothy byproduct of butt stuff, he won the Iowa caucus, but Mitt Romney became the nominee. And in the 2016 election season, Ted Cancun Cruz won the caucus, but as we're all aware, 
Donald Trump became the nominee. Yeah, and side note, on Ted Cruz. Yeah. So amidst the recent, and I guess now it's just annual, the annual Arctic blast that the state of Texas has been receiving, uh, Ted Cruz decided to post a meme making light of uh, that one time, like, what was it, two years ago, where he decided to uh, flee his state to vacation in Cancun instead of sticking around to support his constituents who were freezing to death in their homes after suffering from food shortages, frozen infrastructure, and power outages. People fucking died. Yeah. Around 250 people died during that winter storm back in 2021, with millions more impacted by the weather. And this past weekend, during another deep freeze, Ted Cruz tweeted a gif of SNL alum A.D. Bryant impersonating him uh, while adding the following. Texans, with the freeze coming, wrap your pipes, cover your plants, stay off icy roads, and keep your family safe. And if it gets too damn cold, join me in Cancun. Ha ha, very funny, sir. I mean, he does it because he knows these fucking morons will just keep voting for him. They've demonstrated that time and time again. So that is kind of on you, Texas. Mm -hmm. But anyway, legitimately insane behavior from an elected official who also spends more time promoting his podcast than doing anything substantial for the state that he represents in the Senate. But he he owns the libs from time to time, and that's that's all I care about. I don't even understand how this is owning the libs. Like, well, it's, no, this is owning himself. But, yeah, uh, it's he, like I can take a joke. I deserted all of you when you were dying of the cold. That's my senator. Uh huh. He says it like it is. Yeah. Because that's what he did. That's what he he did. In fact, uh, he also <laughs> left the dog behind. I believe to just. Oh, we'll get a new dog. You know, they're like cats. You just sprinkle some food on the floor. And, yeah, it'll figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what a piece of shit. But back to that big, fat, juicy caucus. Yeah, so while the Iowa caucus winners haven't really been a good predictor of who the nominee will be, it was obvious that Donald Trump was going to destroy the rest of the field. And he did so very easily. Well, was it obvious? Because there was a lot of talk going into it. It's like, yeah, oh well, man, this is uh, this is Nikki, Nikki Haley's time to really prove her case. The, the, oh, this could be the, the dark horse, Ron D. Santis coming through. No, nah, the, the, in the lead up to this, it was very much, okay, Trump is his own thing. Who is going, they're, they're looking at Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis as, all right, who's going to be the real candidate because Trump is potentially going to jail. The New York Times had a fucking needle for second yeah, place. Yeah, for second place, yeah. <laughs> Uh, But Trump beat them very easily, pulling in 51% of the votes with Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley being uh, pretty close to each other for second place, but trailing way, way behind Trump. And despite that, uh, Ron DeSantis at one point uh, called into question the legitimacy of this voting because uh, they called it for Trump so early. Well, yeah, he got 51% of the vote. He got more votes than all the other candidates combined. Yeah, now a few if you want to call them somewhat good things to pull out of these results, is that the incumbents were able to receive half of all the votes. And based on some of the entrance polls, the voters who supported the other candidates indicated that they would have second thoughts about voting for Trump in the general election. Entrance polls showed three in 10 voters said he wouldn't be fit to serve as president if he's convicted of crimes. And a Fox News analysis showed that more than six in 10 Haley voters said they wouldn't support Trump in the general election. And do not count on that. Absolutely do not count on that because Republican voters can and will vote whichever way the party goes. And it's also very clear that after Iowa, Trump still has a very firm grip on this party. One significant update to the field of candidates, however, is that Vivek Ramaswamy has officially dropped out of the race after finishing fourth 
in Iowa, despite making far more campaign stops in the state than any other candidate. Hold on, wait, that can't be true. Because the world's richest and smartest man. And therefore smartest man. Told us all that he was probably going to win. Modern day Nostradamus, Elon Musk, said that Vivek was going to pull a win. I also love Vivek's last tweet before Yeah. Before it, the caucus was like, vote for me, folks. Uh, men can't be women. Uh, no trans rights. See so out, like, yeah. Vote for me. Yeah. Uh, no litter boxes in class. Just like the same... And just like, pfft, yeah, shit immediately. Oh, it turns out that he underestimated just how likable or unlikable he is and how unpopular his positions are, but also how blindly racist Republican voters are. It's Caitlyn Jenner all over again. This is, it's also, like Elliot said, another notch on the post for Elon Musk, who has proven himself to be horrifically bad at predicting anything related to politics. Tweeting on Saturday, my guess is that Vivek will far exceed the polls when the votes are counted. Another masterful gambit. Yeah, he's attached himself to Vivek and Ron DeSantis, whose campaign began with that clusterfuck of a Twitter spaces thing. So yeah, yeah he's batting two for two here for sure. Ugh. But yeah, aside from the Elon kiss of death, uh, Vivek and his wife, who he refers to as the throat goat, sorry, the throat surgeon, mm -hmm. uh, literally spent dozens of campaign stops fielding questions about his faith and his citizenship despite positioning himself as one of the most anti-woke candidates in a field of anti-woke candidates. The number of stops he made in Iowa it's was like... 300-something. Like, yeah, like in the hundreds. He put all of his effort like way into Way more Iowa. than any other candidate. And, and in return, he just got people going, well, he looks like a Muslim to me. Yeah. That's, that's literally the response. Yeah. They had to field questions multiple times. I like him, but I'm still not over 9-11. That is, we get to that quote, but that so, is insane, yes. So yeah, here are just some of the quotes from Iowa voters in the last few weeks. The only one I have, and I couldn't even remember who said it to me, but they mentioned his dark skin, and they think he's Muslim. And from NBC's reporting about a campaign stop and the questions Vivek's wife received, Apurva Ramaswamy was grilled by one of two, <laughs> one of two event attendees about her own upbringing. How long have you been in the United States? Were you born here? Asked Wayne Neeskern, an attendee from Fairfield, Iowa. No, I came when I was four. Vivek was born and raised in Cincinnati, Apoorva Ramaswamy replied, explaining her family's Indian heritage. The attendee continued with questions about Apoorva Ramaswamy's parents, where they'd lived and whether they had green cards, before remarking that she doesn't have an accent. I've been here since I was four years old, Apoorva Ramaswamy replied. I've spoken English since I was four. And then, of course, there was this quote from the morning of the caucus from an Iowa voter. I'm not being prejudiced, guys, but I don't like his name. I don't like where he came from. After 9-11, I still harbor a lot of hard feelings. And, and those mean, feelings that I harbor, they are racist feelings. Yeah, but I'm not prejudiced. Not prejudiced, I'm just racist. It's a classic, I'm not racist, but, and then saying yeah. something racist uh -huh. quote. And we're obviously no fans of Vivek Ramaswamy, but holy shit. Imagining, imagine positioning yourself as the most anti-woke candidate and pouring so much money into your campaign and doing more campaign stops than any of your competitors in this state only to completely nosedive because the voters of your party that you represent are openly ignorant and racist. Who could have seen this coming? So, incredible stuff. And to add insult to injury, Vivek had previously called former President Trump the greatest president of the 21st century <laughs> only for Trump to post the following on Truth Social just before the Iowa caucus. <sighs> a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped by this. Vote for Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek is not MAGA. 
causing Vivek to post a lengthy response about how sad he is that Trump turned on him, which is a real leopards eating your own face situation. Uh, and then, you know what? Vivek turned around and endorsed Trump anyway after dropping his campaign. What a cuck. What a loser. Anyways, uh, so long, Vivek. <laughs> Vivek. It's uh, off to podcast land for you, which was probably the real goal all along. Yeah. Podcasting, punditing. Yeah. Just being in that uh, corral of uh, anti-woke right-wingers willing, I don't know. willing like, to he, come out and say it like it is. He said some fucking crazy shit in the last couple of weeks specifically he, to the point where I feel like Fox would even Fox News would be like we don't we can't touch this guy because we don't want to keep uh, repeatedly getting sued but yeah, you give him like a little breathing room yeah he'll find his let him cool uh, his, off yeah he'll but, find uh, his groove in how racist or not he can be or by bigoted. like Fox News logic the shit he says can't be racist because he himself yeah is the son of him. I don't know, Muslim or something? What uh, is it? Even like in the last couple of weeks, he's like, we're going to like uh, build up our defenses on the northern border. I mean, he had said it before, but he was reiterating it too. That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one more quick thing from the Iowa caucus. You absolutely have to see how these people voted because for an electorate who is so concerned about voter fraud, they certainly have a unique way of submitting their votes during the caucus, which is just to literally pass around a grocery bag and let people toss little pieces of paper inside in order to determine who is the current front runner of their party for the presidential election. Yeah. We saw this last time. They were doing like coin tosses at some of them. It's, like, it's strange. Also, it's very funny that uh, in Trump's like winning speech, he was like, and uh, big congrats to Ron and Nikki uh, battling for second place. I mean... <laughs> What are we doing, folks? Uh, I don't but know. Yeah, incredible stuff, as always. And next on the list for this election year is uh, New Hampshire, another bellwether state. Mm -hmm. uh, it's typically a little bit more moderate, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these candidates fare moving forward. Because despite all of them being extremist by normal human standards, yeah. I guess Haley would be the most moderate candidate still in the race. I mean, that's the thing is, are yeah. you? We, I guess at this point you're waiting to see when Ron DeSantis is going to drop out. I guess. That will be very satisfying. Yeah, yes, it will. Uh, what a complete waste of time, money, effort, and yeah. uh, meanwhile... Didn't have the makings of a varsity athlete, no. that Ron DeSantis. And uh, during his entire campaign, Florida was hit by like three hurricanes and also abnormally out-of-season flooding. But he's like Ted Cruz, another guy that like, he, he, he knows that he doesn't have to do yeah. his job. Hey, People will still vote for him. If it's too wet in Florida, come up to Iowa. Yeah. Nice and snowy here. The water freezes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how New Hampshire goes in just over a week when those primaries take place on January 23rd. It's election season, baby. Oh, good. All right. Well, before we completely move out of the realm of politics, we have an update on that shocking but also not shocking report about Roger Stone attempting to put out a hit on elected officials. Now, just to refresh your memory, last week, Mediaite put out an exclusive story about a conversation that happened between Roger Stone and his personal security guard, who was also, at the time, an active member of the NYPD, a man named Sal Greco. Sal Greco! Hey, no tunnels in my city. We don't do that in America. In the recording that they claim to be in possession of, Stone could be heard saying the following, it's time to do it, let's go find Swalwell, it's time to do it, then we'll see how brave the rest of them are, it's time to do it. It's either Swalwell or Nadler has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this shit anymore. 
A source familiar with the discussion told Mediaite that they believe Stone's remarks were serious. It was definitely concerning that he was constantly planning violence with an NYPD officer and other militia groups, the source said. And as we, first of all, yes. But also, as we pointed out last week, it was wild that he didn't even try to talk around the request or use code words or anything. He was pretty direct and blunt about what he wanted done. What happened to Omerta? Come on. (laughs) Well... But yeah, all uh, at the time that this was released, the now former NYPD officer did not deny anything that media was reporting, but claimed that it was an old, boring story. Who cares, right? Which, uh, no, for his part, <laughs> you're talking about killing a guy. Come yeah. on. For his part, Stone attempted to call their bluff, first by responding that he couldn't comment on an audio recording that they wouldn't provide, and then going on Twitter to refute the claims publicly, posting in two now-deleted tweets, I never spoke about assassinating anyone. Fake Mediaite can't produce the recording they claim to have. And Mediaite has produced no audio of me threatening two Dem congressmen. Where is it? Post it. Folks, are you curious why Roger Stone has deleted those tweets? Hmm. You can probably guess. It's because Mediaite responded to them by posting the audio to their website and to their YouTube page. Yeah. So, yeah. Crickets. They, uh, they are the exclusive owners of this audio uh, currently, so we don't want to risk having the video struck by playing it. But yeah, it's widely available now on their site and just all over social media, and we have links down below. But if deleting his own tweets wasn't proof enough that the recording was legitimate, there's also the fact that as a result of this reporting and the audio, the Capitol Police are now officially investigating Roger Stone for these threats. And here's more on that from the Daily Beast. The U.S. Capitol Police, with the help of the FBI, are conducting an investigation into longtime Republican operative Roger Stone's comments about assassinating members of Congress, Mediaite reports. In an audio clip obtained by Mediaite, Roger Stone can be heard weeks before the 2020 election telling an associate, it's time to do it, it's either Swalwell or Nadler has to die before the election, referring to Representative Eric Swalwell, a Democrat of California, and Representative Jerry Nadler, a Democrat of New York. Representative Swalwell told Mediaite that Stone's threat against his life was sincere. The Roger Stone assassination plot may seem like the ravings of a wannabe gangster. It's not, Representative Swalwell said. This threat and other threats of violence by Trump and his supporters must be taken seriously by not only law enforcement, but also by my colleagues. That's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, yeah. But in other updates to stories that we've been following, uh, this next story played out a while back. But maybe you remember when a senior manager for eBay's global security team Cyberstalked and then harassed a couple who ran a news site that reported on eBay and other e-commerce websites. A very niche little newsletter. Yeah, they 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 took that person. This was the <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a wild story that involved employees, including eBay executives, hatching a plan to essentially just terrorize this couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, this excerpt from the lawsuit filed by the couple a few years back is a good summary of just how insane this harassment campaign was. Starting with an online intimidation campaign, the defendants taunted Ina Steiner using a phony Twitter handle pretending to be an eBay seller and directly threatened her to stop reporting on eBay. The online attacks continued to escalate into threatening and disturbing package deliveries, which included live spiders, cockroaches, a bloody pig mask, a funeral wreath, and a book entitled Grief Diaries, Surviving Loss of a Spouse, sent directly to David Steiner. These messages and deliveries often were accompanied by ominous, simultaneous Twitter messages such as, Do I have your attention now, cunt? Shockingly graphic and vulgar messages such as, You are sick motherfuckers and everyone will know. You fucking cunt ass bitch. Paired with taunting emails and deliveries, including pornography and Hustler Barely Legal magazines sent to the Steiner's neighbor's home in David Steiner's name. 
to defame the Steiners and attempt to disgrace them and tarnish their reputation within their community. Yeah, bad stuff. Uh, with uh, the okay from executives at the time. And we've the global head of... We've got to take these Steiners down. Yeah. They've, they, got, they've got us by the balls. At one point, they like... They were stalking them in real were, life. They had a plan to like break into their house. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think they might have like stopped at the last minute before they, 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 they were got following to that. around with them around with a van. Yeah, they like they took a field trip to fucking like Massachusetts or Rhode yeah. Island or wherever these fucking people live and were like, all right, what are we gonna do next? Uh, well, in addition to all of that, yeah, like we said, em- employees literally showed up to their house and also followed them around as a form of intimidation. It was extremely fucked up, especially because like we said, numerous company executives were involved or at the very least aware of what was going on and seemed to either approve of it or help coordinate the tactics. Yeah. Uh, well, there's sort of a happy ending for the Steiners. They've at least finally reached a settlement with the e-commerce giant to the tune of $3 million. Which, not nothing, but it doesn't really seem like a lot considering the size of the company and what they were put through. Yeah. But it's better than nothing and also allows them to move on with their lives. Here's Ars Technica with more on this latest update. eBay has agreed to pay $3 million, the maximum criminal penalty possible, after employees harassed, intimidated, and stalked a Massachusetts couple in retaliation for their critical reporting of the online marketplace in 2019. Today's settlement holds eBay criminally and financially responsible for emotionally, psychologically, and physically terrorizing the publishers of an online newsletter out of fear that bad publicity would adversely affect their Fortune 500 company. Jody Cohen, the special agent in charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation Boston Division, said in a Justice Department press release Thursday, eBay's harassment campaign against the couple, David and Ina Steiner, stretched for 18 days in August 2019 and was led by the company's former senior director of safety and security, Jim Baugh. It started when then-CEO David Wenig and then-chief communications officer Stephen Weimer decided to take down the Steiners after growing frustrated with their coverage of eBay in a newsletter called E-Commerce Bites. Executing the takedown, Baugh and six co-conspirators put the victims through pure hell, acting U.S. Attorney Joshua S. Levy wrote in the DOJ's press release. And the article then goes over the tactics once again and then talks about the aftermath, saying, Once police got involved, the former eBay employees tried to cover their tracks. Baugh and his team falsified records and deleted evidence to throw the cops off the trail, the DOJ said. Baugh was also caught making false statements to police and internal investigators and subsequently became the first eBay employee involved who was imprisoned in 2022 for terrorizing innocent people, Levy said. In a press release, eBay confirmed that the company admitted to all the relevant facts that law enforcement uncovered in the case. The company's conduct in 2019 was wrong and reprehensible, said Jamie Iannone, eBay's CEO. They also add that under eBay's agreement with the DOJ, eBay must retain an independent corporate compliance monitor to ensure the company's corporate culture never pushes employees to engage in such criminal conduct again. All seven former eBay employees have been convicted on felony charges, the DOJ said. As the ringleader, Baugh was sentenced to 57 months in federal prison. Others have received prison sentences between 12 and 24 months. Two former employees were sentenced to a year of home confinement. One co-conspirator has pleaded guilty and is still awaiting sentencing. So, yeah, damn. Uh, but speaking of updates, looks like we actually have an update on those alien bodies. Oh, those were, little guys? Yeah, that were found in Peru. Found in Peru. And then displayed in front of Mexico's Congress during a public UFO hearing. Folks, we got the proof right here. Look at that. Two mummified alien bodies. Yeah. Of unknown origin. Doubters in shambles. Take the DNA test. They're not human. 
Those little mummified bodies, they were pretty much already debunked by that point, but it didn't stop alien enthusiasts from getting all hyped up about them and claiming that they were proof of extraterrestrial life forms visiting Earth. Now, in our opinion, this would have been great news because A, it would prove that there is life elsewhere in the universe, and also that we could totally kick that life's yeah, ass. punt that alien like a football. Just pick them up and drop king them if they tried anything funny. No funny business out of you. Yeah. Still, these were obviously fake, but even the supposed DNA test left people with more questions because the quote that was picked out of the review was that the bodies were not of human origin. Well, unfortunately, there's been even more analysis done that proves that these things are nothing more than cobbled up art pieces made from paper and various animal bones. Here's the New York Post. The results are in. The tiny, non-human, mummified remains found in Peru over the summer that spurred dozens of alien conspiracy theories are nothing more than dolls, forensic experts ruled. The creepy figures, with only three fingers on each hand and elongated ET-style heads, are made with paper, glue, metal, and human and animal bones, the country's prosecutor's office said Friday. The conclusion is simple. They are dolls assembled with bones of animals from this planet. With modern synthetic glues, therefore they were not assembled during pre-Hispanic times, forensic archaeologist Flavio Estrada, who led the analysis, told reporters. They are not extraterrestrials. They are not aliens. Experts on Friday showed reporters two-foot-long dolls dressed in red, orange, and green clothes. <laughs> they said examinations showed the bones of birds, dogs, and other animals were used to create the effigies, except for their very poorly built hands, which were, were created with human bones. Officials still do not know who owns the freakish figures, only stating that they were sent to a Mexican citizen before they were seized by South American customs agents. Yeah. But that's just what the media wants you to think. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is, uh, truth is out there, folks. Clearly. I mean, we do love they have others, and that one was dressed up, a couple of them dressed up in little outfits. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sadly, not aliens, no. just dolls. Collectible figurines. Yes. Uh -huh. Statuettes. These are not dolls. My client would like to assert that they are collectible figurines. They are action figures. Yes. Well, the next one, uh, this next story, it's not so much an update to a previous story, but almost a sequel to one of the more insane stories of the past few decades. The Killdozer. Now, obviously, nothing will ever match the armor-plated bulldozer that Marvin Hemeyer constructed and then used to partially destroy the town of Granby, Colorado. But this recent story is a reminder that if given the proper heavy equipment, certain types of people out there will smash the hell out of everything that they can find. Yeah, I mean, I even a, even a simple bobcat. Yeah. Uh, de demo? Every time I see someone doing demolition work? Looks fun. God damn, that looks fun. Wish I could have some of that. I mean, I guess I could. I could go rent one, but what am I going to do except break laws? I don't have anything to use it for. Well. So that's why we need to let these things run wild in uh, any part of the city that has open fields and dirt. Yeah. Go nuts. Anyways, uh, yes. This past weekend, we had a mini Killdozer event in Nebraska when someone got a hold of a skid loader at the local Home Depot and just started going nuts with it, driving it erratically throughout the parking lot and destroying a few cars in the process. And look, the video, it's awesome. They didn't get it from Home Depot, though. I don't know if they figured out where he got it, but he started off at like a fast a Taco Bell, I think, oh. and then it ended up at Home Depot. And I have to assume that it, the, that this person was using it to clear snow, because everywhere in the country, in the Midwest, right. it was yeah, snowy it was, everywhere. It was very, so. very cold where this was happening. So. so, I mean, we have to look at the evidence and see how much snow was cleared before he went on a little rampage, and then maybe it evens it out. Mr. Plow, 
That's the name. That uh, name again is Mr. Plow. How else would the cops get there to arrest him if he hadn't cleared the path for them? That's true. Mm-hmm. Think about that. But like we said, the video's great. You, and this thing, it gets some good speed. Got some good speed going. I was impressed. Also, based on the video that went viral, it appears as though he only really targeted police cars. Anything else was collateral damage. No, he, he damaged a bunch of cars in the in the Taco Bell parking lot. He did? Yes. Oh, okay. I only yeah. saw the Home Depot one. Oh, no. He started Taco Bell and just like a bunch of cars. Just He, he really fucked up the cop car. The ones that Taco Bell were less messed up, but mm-hmm. still pretty significant body damage. All right. I'll have to find the Taco Bell clip. Uh, yeah, the, the, well. this man, uh, innocents were not spared. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then uh, he's going to have to plow, plow a lot more snow yeah. to make this even. Uh, but yes, uh, with more on the mini Killdozer event, Here's local outlet Fox 9. A man was arrested after he damaged several vehicles while driving a skid steer loader outside a Home Depot in Nebraska. Over the weekend, 36-year-old Samuel Payrot was recorded ramming a police car with a skid loader as customers took shelter inside of a Home Depot in Lincoln. Video recorded by Jamie Mora showed Payrot becoming surrounded by police after the rampage. I went to Home Depot with my family to buy things for the house. I walked out of the store when my family and I noticed a skid loader ramming into cars and other buildings, including an ATM and a liquor store. I decided to take videos and pictures to have proof of the incident, Mora told Storyful. Payrot was arrested on suspicion of second-degree assault to an officer, assault and criminal mischief, according to local news reports. He didn't assault that cop. Are are cop cars now cops? Yes. That's that's bullshit. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't, he didn't touch that cop. He just fucked up that cop car real bad. You know, the reason this kind of stuff is happening is uh, what I, I assume that we don't have Carzilla anymore. The one that shows up at the monster truck events yeah, and rips fucking cars. Fucking eats cars, shoots flames out of its mouth. Yeah. There's no release for all this aggression. Yeah. We need uh, plots of land so that people can build holes, dig holes, get all that energy out. Yeah. We need more Carzillas. Just a, a big plot of land where there's a Carzilla... Uh, some other heavy equipment yeah. and shovels. You can do you know, it. Uh, it's like a, a rage cage, but on a much larger outdoor scale. Yeah, you sign a waiver yeah. and go nuts. Do as much tunneling as you want, but if you get caved in, that's kind of hey, on you. You signed the waiver. Yeah. Uh, moving on, though, we all have to pour one out for everyone's favorite, hilariously named gas station and convenience store. One that we do talk about from time to time on I'm this show. I'm so mad because I, I wasn't even aware of this place until, like, relatively recently because I, mm. I had not been in one of the states where it operates but I was delighted at first I was like are people is this a joke is this, is this a meme that I'm not aware of like oh no no this is an established business they have them uh, the south a little bit in the midwest yeah I don't go to those places yeah <laughs> well it's we're talking about the world famous come and go mm. they will be dropping the iconic name after 65 years come of oil gone woke the woke mob strikes again mm-hmm because the new owners are based in Utah and absolutely do not find anything funny about the name Come and Go. What about Soak and uh, Soak and Shake? How about that, you fucking freaks? <laughs> with, uh, with more on this, here's automotive news outlet The Drive. Gas station and convenience store chain Come and Go will reportedly rebrand after being bought out in 2023. The new owners are reportedly worried the double entendre in Come and Go's name could hurt its business prospects. Come on. Initially, the Utah-based Magalit family that owns FJ Management reportedly planned to rebrand only the Come and Go locations in Mavericks territory and leave the rest of the network unchanged. However, its tone seemed to shift late last year. I think there was some concern about the inadvertent double entendre of the Come and Go name. 
a source with knowledge of Maverick's management told CSP Daily News. If you're growing cross-regionally, which brand do you think will have more appeal to a new audience? Maverick or Come and Go? Come and Go. No disrespect to Come and Go, but the answer is pretty clear, another told the outlet. No, it's not clear. It's not. I'm, what the fuck is a Maverick? Also- Boring. I want Come and Go. I want to jack off and take a shit in the bathroom at Come and Go. <laughs> No, I'm going to come means, and I'm going to go. It means you go in, you grab all your supplies quick, and the checkout process is seamless. You come and you go. They're destroying American history here. That's right. They could lean into it and sell a bunch of merchandise like Bucky's does. Yeah. They, they, this is like, oh yeah, new customer acquisition, acquisition? Don't you think young people think this is funny instead of Maverick? Yeah, also like... Also, our- Aren't most of these come and goes on like fucking highways and shit? Yeah, it's like the one out of maybe two or three options. Yeah, I don't think like we're not talking about like a fucking street corner in L.A. where there's four gas stations at one intersection. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I have brand loyalty yeah. to to mobile. Or Shut whatever. up. This is bullshit. I mean, I do. I I guess I do have uh, brand loyalty to that uh, the one with the dinosaur. They more of those keep popping up. Sinclair. Yeah. But they don't have the actual dinosaurs. You got to go out to the desert for the dinosaurs. Yeah. More they, gas stations should have real dinosaurs. Yeah, true. Without any of those feathers. No. <laughs> dinosaurs did not have feathers. They were smooth. Uh, well, the, I believe the people that own this corporation would probably agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And they also only lived 4,000 years ago. That's right. They were buried as a trick. They were on the, the ark mm-hmm. of Noah. And then Jesus came to the United States. <laughs> and he and, brought seer stones. And yes. we've decoded them. And they said... People are laughing at you. You got to change the name to the come and go. I read the John Krakauer book Under the Banner of Heaven Mm -hmm. last year, which is like, I think they made a show out of it, but the show like mostly focuses on like this one case at the center of it. The book is, it's actually mostly a great history of uh, Mormonism Mm -hmm. and, but specifically like offshoot uh, fundamentalist Mormons that the, the ones that still do the, the, all the wives. Well, that's maybe why they have to change it because like, Come and go is, that's what we need to do in order to uh, theoretically pleasure our many wives. Yes, yes. So yeah, they're like, it, it's, it hits too close to home. They're yeah. laughing at us. Fascinating religion, those Mormons. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that article does continue. The homophone in question is believed to have been used as slang as far back as the 1590s, according to Online Etymology Dictionary, if not earlier. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold they, the fuck. they are really doing away with history. Wait, no. We've been is... saying come and go. Since the 1590s. This is insane because, like, the English language as we know it today did not even fucking exist in 1590. Well, it's an online etymology dictionary, so who the fuck knows? It literally, I mean, I misread it a couple times. We had to retake it because I'm, this might be the 1950s. 1590s. Because that is when the come and go was established. It was 1950 something. Well, whatever. Yeah. I I like the idea that it's the 1590s. Yeah. K-U-M. Since opening its first store, Come and Go was always at risk of being interpreted that way. But customers clearly read it as a meaning, a place for a quick stop. And its name readily conveys that it's a convenience store. Guys, get your heads out of the gutter. It's Come and Go. Come on. We got gasoline. We got snacks. Well, I don't think I have enough time to stop at the Shell station. Yeah. We'll have to stop at the Come and Go instead. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what they mean, Folks, right? Folks, there's nothing to it. We got clean bathrooms and smiling employees. Also, I would like, I, I'm not that interested, but interested to see like when the rise of the word come for semen really started to The 1590s, I guess. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Shakespeare, he was coming. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, in the end, management's squeamishness could hurt the brand rather than help it. But we all know for certain when Maverick is rolled out across the company's locations and ventures into territories beyond. Uh, boo. Maverick. Yeah, this is bullshit. Yeah. They're trying to destroy what made this country great. Yeah. If Tucker was still on the air, he would be furious about this. He would be. If I'm not bricked up while I'm getting gassed, then yeah. what's the point? I'm not thinking about jizz <laughs> while I'm putting some air in my tires. Yeah. Washing my windows with squeegee. Yeah. What's the fucking point? Uh-uh. It's a long... You're, all, you're on the road long time going through the fucking south. There's nothing going on. It's boring as shit. Yeah, you get a little joy out of seeing a, a gas station named Come and Go. Hey, that's good. I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Maybe get a snack. Maybe a hat that says Come and Go Maybe on go it. in the bathroom and jerk off on while I'm taking a shit. <laughs> they're the, not going to sell any... The old Come and Go, as I say. <laughs> they're not going to sell any Maverick hats. No. Stupid. They didn't, it's not even spelled right. I guarantee you they switch back in a bunch of places. Because they're like, nobody's coming here anymore. That brand loyalty is gone. Anyways, rest in peace. Come and go. But anyways, that's it for today's episode. Sorry, it's a shorter week because we took the uh, the holiday off. And uh, we'll be back, though, with some news dump and some weekly weird news. In the meantime, though, make sure you like the video. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you're not already for some reason. Come and on. be sure to leave a comment, reply to a comment, engage, do all that. Uh, if you haven't already, we got, we got some episodes from last week. We got the Year of the Tunnel. And we got uh, News Dump. And also, go back, we got Year of the Weird Dude. There's a lot going on it's so shaping far. up to be an interesting year. Well, we do have the election. So... More on that coming up. Bye-bye. Bye.